making, to make disciples. That's what the Great Commission is about, making disciples. What does it mean to make a disciple? Well, according to the Great Commission as recorded in Matthew chapter 28, there are three parts to making a disciple and fulfilling the Great Commission, and that is seeing people, first of all, accept Christ as Savior. Second of all, to follow the Lord in believers' baptism, making a public testimony that they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. Then learning from the Word of God to become a servant and a disciple of Christ. That's the purpose of the church. The church is not a social club. We're not here to make contacts for business. That might happen, but that's not our purpose. We're not here just to have fun and to enjoy religious entertainment. We're here to grow as a Christian that we may be effective in fulfilling the Great Commission, which is making disciples for Christ. As we go through the year and the work of the ministries in our church, I desire that every part of our church is geared toward, every activity geared toward one of those three steps in making a disciple for Christ, either to win someone else to Christ, to see someone that's trusted Christ, to follow the Lord in believers' baptism, or then to teach the Word of God in a way that strengthens us and helps us to be a better disciple of Christ. Whether that be Sunday school, a church activity, a church fellowship, soul winning, education, foreign missions, whatever the case may be, that's why Christ established the local church. Now, as we go through the work and ministries that God has given us to do, we open the Word of God from beginning to end and we look for examples that we can follow. Sometimes an example gives us instruction. Sometimes an example gives us a correction. Sometimes an example of the Word of God gives us an encouragement. But as we open the Word of God from Genesis all the way through Revelation, we use that to encourage us, to challenge us, to correct us in the matter of making disciples for Christ. I'm thankful that in the past year, not including our college, not including uh, other soul winning activities, but just through our church, we saw more than a thousand people receive Christ as Savior just through the work of our church, and 121 people was added to our church through our church baptistry this past year. That's fulfilling the Great Commission. We've also had the privilege to help plant churches and not only in America but around the world and one of the young men here, Brother Rob, uh, he'll be going, he and his wife, to South Africa January 16 and their purpose, their plan there is to do the same thing, fulfill the Great Commission, making disciples through the local church. In our text passage, we find four instructions that help us to stay on target. Now, what I'm going to preach this morning is not only going to help the church. It will help you in your marriage. It will help you in high school. It will help you in college. It will help you in business, in every area of life. Four simple things that we find from the book of Nehemiah in chapter 4. Let me give you a bit of background of what's going on. Jerusalem had been destroyed. The walls around the city had been destroyed. The temple had been taken apart, 
brick by brick so they could get every piece of gold and silver that they could get that was put into that temple. And the heathen kings in Babylon had destroyed, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah comes back for the purpose, his purpose is to rebuild the security or the wall around the city of Jerusalem. Ezra and others will help rebuild the temple, but Nehemiah first builds the wall around the city. The future of Jerusalem is dependent on their success. There are four things that we learn. You can put it in your life as a teenager. You can put it in your life as a fifth grader. You can put it in your marriage. We can put it in our church. I want to give you these things. First of all, they recognize the dangers of the day. And the dangers of the day. And there are three parts to the dangers that we'll see and how they responded to them. Look at verse number three. Now when Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he will even break down their stone wall. Now that is an obvious exaggeration because a little fox couldn't move a rock. He couldn't move a stone, let alone break down the wall. Nevertheless, the criticism came. In fact, the dangers that they faced. I want to make sure that I word this in a way you can understand it. There were three parts of the dangers they faced. There was criticism, there was a conspiracy, and there were complaints. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say. How they responded to the danger made them a success. Here's what they did. Number one, they ignored the criticism. They ignored the criticism. Anytime anyone attempts to do anything that's right and anything that's good, there will be those that will criticize your attempt. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. You'll find those that will criticize your attempt to do a work for God. Here's what I've learned. Others cannot hurt me. They can only provide the tools for me to hurt myself. So I don't let the critics control my work. I let my purpose control my thinking. And so the danger was that they would yield to or respond to the criticism. May I say this morning, sadly, there are those that criticize the Word of God. There are those that try to say there's 4,000 versions and there's no way you can claim one to be the Word of God. Well, I'll go ahead and say it again. I believe God has preserved His inspired Word and this King James Bible right here. Now, that's going to cause criticism. And I'll tell you right now what I'm going to do about it. Take a baby aspirin tonight before I go to bed. I'm not going to listen to the criticism of the Word of God. I'm not going to listen to the criticism of soul winning. I'm not going to listen to the criticism of Bible preaching. I hear those who say the Bible is outdated. Friend, you cannot outdate something that is eternal, that always has been and always will be. So I say this morning, we must ignore the critic 
The danger is not the critic. The danger is my responding to the critic rather than staying busy building the wall. Dale Carnegie made this statement. Any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most of them do. That's what I did. I laughed, and then I laughed again. Then there's the danger of conspiracy. Verses 7 and 8 tells us that the enemies plotted and planned how they could hurt the work of God. Now, I hate this is true in the world that we live in, but when you attempt to live a Christian life, whether it's in homeschool, Christian school, wherever it may be, public school, wherever it may be, there are those that are going to conspire to criticize and to hurt you from doing what you're supposed to do. Let me just go ahead and say it. Say it. If God said it, it's right to do. Forget what the critics say. Forget what those who conspire against us say. Look at verse number 7. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, that they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Now think about it. This city has been destroyed. There has not been a city. These folks are attempting to rebuild the wall around the city so there can be life, so there can be business, so there can be learning, so there can be teaching, so there can be preaching. And the crowd criticized them to the place that they said, we'll go up and we'll fight against them. You and I cannot give in to the dangers of criticism or of conspiracy or of complaints within. They did cause some in verses 10, 11, and 12 to complain on the inside. I want to say today, keep your focus on what God has called you to do. Keep your focus on building a godly marriage. Keep your focus on rearing your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let's keep our focus as the local church of winning people to Christ, seeing those folks follow the Lord in believers' baptism, seeing those folks grow. And I want to tell you this morning, before church, I shook hands with a dozen people that have just been saved in the last few months in our church. And they're faithful to church every Sunday, many of them back Sunday night and Wednesday night, and their life is on track with joy and gladness for the very first time, and God has given them victory, don't you allow those that would criticize or those that would complain to cause you to turn back. A young assistant pastor came to see me this week, and he said, Brother Fugit, he said, I'm a new assistant pastor, and he told me the name of the church and a good church and a good pastor. He said, what can I do? to best encourage my pastor in the new year. And I told him two things. I said, first of all, stay focused on what your purpose is. And second of all, don't be the person that the critics and the complainers can come to. Let them know you're a part of the program, not a part of the critics of the program. 
The man who says it can't be done should never interrupt the man who's doing it. Now, we have much work to do this year, and I, I just can't contain my excitement about the new year. I, I am so excited about every ministry, and if I started talking about those, it would take me past my time. I'd get a ticket for preaching a 45-minute sermon in a 30-minute uh, zone, a preaching zone. Uh, but, but, but I'm thankful for every ministry and everything, though it seems to be small, uh, no matter what it is, is important in us fulfilling the great commission of making a disciple. As I saw these young men and I thought about all of the different parts of life that went into these young men from education uh, to basketball to uh, 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 youth trips and teen activities and camp and all of that. Oh, dear friend, what a joy it is to serve the Lord. I say to us this morning, let's not listen to the critic. Let's just do what God's called us to do. 32 years ago, 33 in May, I became the pastor. I'll never forget the day a car came into the parking lot with two preachers in the car. I was glad to see them. But when they talked to me, they came and they said, Brother Fugit, we're glad you're in Lexington but I just, I don't want to discourage you, but you just can't build a church preaching the way you do and in the bus ministry. You know what I did? I ignored them and we just did it anyway. They said we couldn't build a building during a pandemic. They said we couldn't have a Bible college on Versailles Road. They said, we can't reach children with the bus ministry. I say, first of all, I say to children, I say to teenagers, rather than respond to the critics, stay busy at what your purpose in life is right now. Second of all, these folks relied on the power of God. They relied on the power of God. You could just write down the simple word prayer. And you find from the leaders to the servants and everyone in between, they were people of prayer. I want you to notice verse number four. Hear, O Lord, hear, I put my glasses on. Hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey into the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let their sin, not their sin, be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. I want to say this morning, it is not in what you and I can do. It's what God can do through us. And so as we work to build our marriage, rear our, rear our children, see our church fulfill its purpose, let's rely on God in prayer. The preacher must be a man of prayer. The staff must be men of prayer. Fathers need to be men of prayer. Mothers need to be leaders and ladies of prayer. Teenagers, spend time with God in prayer. Talk to God like you would a friend. Tell him when you're going through a tough time. Tell him about those that are being critical of you. And just learn prayers like this. And say, Lord, help them to know what it's like to be a captive. I want to be free by doing the will of God. I pray that you'd help me. I want to say today, it's important that you, that you and I 
trust in God in prayer. Fathers and mothers ought to pray. Principals and professors ought to pray. Leaders and laymen ought to pray. Deacons and church staff ought to pray. Teachers and students ought to pray. We ought to spend time in prayer this year. We ought to be determined that husbands are going to pray for their wives and wives are going to pray for their husbands and parents are going to pray for their children and children are going to pray for their parents. God can make a difference in your life if you'll spend time in prayer. Notice what the Bible says here in verse number 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Look at verse number 14. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. No work for God has ever been accomplished with man's ability that was not bathed in prayer. As I look back over the last few years, 2020 was a tremendous year for me because I had more opportunity and more time for prayer. I saw God do what man say said could not be done, I saw God do it anyway. I've seen God answer prayer. Oh, you have to believe me. God will hear your prayer. God will answer your prayer. Pray according to the will of God. Pray according to the word of God. Pray according to the work of God in your life. Spend time in prayer. Let me give the third statement of wisdom for the new year. <laughs> Every person fulfilled their own responsibility. I love this. Every person, though they had different responsibilities, fulfilled their own responsibility. I want you to look at verse number six. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. And I have this underlined, I have it underlined in green. I want to see it every time I go through this chapter. For the people had a mind to work. They didn't just pray, they worked. It's an amazing thing what happens when you pray and when you work. For 30 plus years, this church, as I've had the privilege to serve as the pastor, has been a serving and a working church an amazing number of servants in this church one of the things that's a blessing to my heart is the number of teenagers that serve God in this church now I'm thankful for every age and 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 most every church has older folk that serve in the church and keep it going and we have to have older folk and middle-aged folk and young folk like me and then uh, and then we have to have teenagers serving God and I'm glad this morning that all day in all of the ministries of our church, from the choir to, to music to, to uh, the video and the audio to the nurseries to the bus ministry, aren't you glad for a place where young people are serving God? We have to have a mind to work. You know, play and rest is okay, but that's not our purpose in life. Rest is so we can work 
And when you work, it will fulfill the purpose for which God made you. Work was not a curse in the garden. God gave Adam work before the curse came. The curse of sin made his work more difficult. But work is our purpose. And I'm thankful for teenagers that serve God. I'm thankful for young couples that serve God with their children. I'm thankful for folks that have reared their children serving God. I've said this through the years, but and there are many families like this. I've seen pictures of, 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 of families being together for Christmas and so forth. And Brother Woosley, I saw a picture of him and his family and all those girls. And they've raised their children serving God. They've been, they've been bus captains for 25 plus years serving God. That's how they've raised their family. Folks, let's keep a mind to work. Church is not about everybody praying for the pastor so he can get the work done. Church is about all of us serving God together. I want you to look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 15. Nehemiah 6, verse number 15. So the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month, Elul, in the 50 and 2 days. They worked. They finished the wall. I love this verse. I'll read it for you. Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I came and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. They worked. By the way, they protected one another. And I won't go into the details of this. They protected one another. I mean, they stood for and with and guarded. And there were times that they had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other hand. And they worked to build. And when they had to, they would stop to fight. But their purpose was to use that trowel. They protected one another. You know, I, was, I was reading an interesting story recently about one of the great seven construction wonders of the world. Not one of the seven wonders, but that word construction wonders, the Great Wall of China. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thing. The Great Wall of China, 13,000 miles long, was started over 2,000 years ago. And they, they built it, of course, to protect that part of, that, uh, of their country, of their nation. Do you know it was never penetrated by folks crossing the wall? But three times they had a security issue with enemies coming, but it was because they bribed the guards. An interesting read. Thank God for a church. Thank God for a people. This is the example that they fought together. Look at me. Families need to stick together. We are going to have times that we're going to have failures. There are times that we're going to have difficulties. If you can't help your family, if you can't help one another in a time of difficulty, we don't need praise in the time of success. We need help in the time of difficulty. Pray together, stay together, protect one another. And that's what he's talking about, having a mind to work. They also worked as a team. Verses 13 through 18, they worked together 
as a team. Mom and dad have to be on the same team. Children, mom and dad's not against you. They're the best friends you've got in the world. Families need to work together. Servants of God need to work together. I thank God for the deacons. I thank God for the men of our church that are such a joy to serve God with. You know, when you serve together, it makes life so much easier. I read this story. You ever wondered why Canadian geese fly in a V formation? I read this, that two engineers calibrated in a wind tunnel what happens in that V formation. Each goose, in flapping its wings, creates an upward lift for the goose that follows. And when all of the geese do their part in that V formation, the whole flock, and they, they calculated this and said, has a 71% 71, 71 greater flying range than if each bird flew alone. You know what I concluded from that? God give me the sense of a goose. Help me to understand that I can get a lot more done working as a team with these men than I can working by myself. And we won't all do the same thing or do it the same way, but working together, following the manual of the Word of God that He's given us, we can accomplish a lot of things if we'll not just work, but we'll work together. Let me give you the fourth statement. Wisdom for the new year. Stay determined in your purpose. What is your purpose? If you're in school, your purpose is to fulfill your responsibility of education and learn. Uh, you, you, I, I want to say to you today, those of you that are in grade school and high school and college, do your very best to learn everything you can. You don't know what you're going to need. Let the providence and leadership of God, even when you go to a class and you think, this is ridiculous, I'll never use this. You'll never know what you will use in the future will of God. Learn in school. Look at verse number 14. Nehemiah 4 and verse number 14. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Notice this. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Their purpose was to build that wall. Two men that I've talked about in my college class in the last semester were Benjamin Franklin and John Wooden. Benjamin Franklin took a small piece of paper about the size of a three-by-five card, and he wrote on that 12 virtues that he would live by. Benjamin Franklin, one of the most successful men of our forefathers in history as far as accomplishment was concerned. One man, after hearing Benjamin Franklin speak, said, Sir, you could use a healthy dose of humility. He took his pencil and he added the word humility to be the 13th virtue that he would follow. Listen to me. He carried that card everywhere he went 
to remind him my purpose is to fulfill these 13 virtues in life. It's not just what I want to do, it's what I want to be. And the devil has us so distracted many times with entertainment and other things, we get distracted from our purpose in life and the devil doesn't care what you do just so we don't do the will of God. Let's keep our focus on our purpose. John Wooden, for eighth grade, received eighth, eighth grade graduation, received a gift from his father. It was seven statements that his dad wrote on a three by five card. John Wooden carried that card for more than 50 years to remind him of his purpose. What creed do you all do, do, do we live by? What creed do we all follow? May I say, I'm a child of the king. I'm a servant of the king. I need to keep that before me in my life. Wisdom for the new year. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, I pray that the word of God is a help to every person present this morning. And I pray that one or two or maybe all four of these things has been a help to a young teenage boy or girl, has been a help to a mom and dad, has been a help to a businessman, and certainly has been a help to all of our church as we strive to fulfill our purpose of making disciples in this year of 2024. I pray this morning that we would respond in prayer to the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts and to our lives. I pray most of all, if there's one that's never received you as Savior, that today they would trust you as their personal Savior. I pray that the spiritual decision that should be made would be made this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.